you. All right, how are you all doing this morning? If this is your first time here, my name's Craig, and it's my privilege to be part of the team here. And um, thanks for coming. Stick around afterwards, we've got hot dogs. <laughs> One day I'm believing that we'll get as big a cheer in church for Jesus as we do for chocolate brownie and hot dogs. I'm believing for it. That's the day we know we're in revival, yeah? And uh, I'm just joking. Um, it's just so awesome to be sharing today on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, you know, it's uh, the palm leaves that they were put down as Jesus came in on a donkey. Um, usually what happened in the Roman world is that the, the, the Caesar and the army would come back on their big horses and the palm leaves would be put down declaring their victory. But Jesus came in on a donkey not only declaring victory, but saying, hey, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come in on a big horse trying to show off like he was the big deal. He came in as a humble servant saying, hey, the victory that I bring is a victory for you, not for myself. The Roman Empire had victories for themselves, but Jesus had a victory for you. And what a great day to be talking about Jesus on Palm Sunday. And um, he said a whole lot of things about himself, didn't he? A whole lot of stuff like, I'm the bread of life. I'm the baker's delight of life. How many people love a good baker's delight? Yeah, life, especially on a Sunday. It's nothing better. I can't wait till we have soup Sunday in, in January and we have soup and baker's delight. It's just the best thing ever. Another food thing that we get done here. But he said a whole lot of things about him. And um, I, I wasn't meant to be preaching this week, but I decided that I would because I disappear to Fiji tomorrow and uh, there for a week. And um, we'll pray for Anna and Sarah and Heather towards the end. They're going to join me on Wednesday, but I'm there from Monday ministering all week. And um, pray for me because um, the other morning I, I had a look and it was five degrees in Pocono at 7 o'clock in the morning, and it was 25 degrees in Suva at 7 o'clock in the morning, with a high of 34 and humidity of 86%. So if I come back about 15 sizes smaller, it's not because I've lost fat, it's just 80% of my fluids are gone, all right? And um, so pray for us while we're doing that. But Jesus said all sorts of things about himself. And I love, this is my favorite thing that he said about himself. It's in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said this, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. It's interesting that Jesus says here, I am the resurrection and the life because resurrection is something that happens when death comes to town. Resurrection, for us to have resurrection or experience resurrection, we literally have to die. And Jesus is saying here, I am the resurrection and the life, but he's not dead yet. He's declaring about what is to come. He's declaring about who he is. You know, a lot of us um, that have been Christians for a fair while, um, can we just take a little bit of volume just out of my mic? Um, being Christians for a wee while would talk about 
understanding that, that Christ came to deliver us, that Christ came to save us, that Christ is the bread of life, that he's our healer, he's our saviour, he's our Lord. But I don't think we talk about him enough as, as the resurrection. I don't think we talk about him enough as the resurrection because he's saying here, I'm the resurrection and the life. And when he said this, he said it in the context of the story of Lazarus who was dead and Jesus brings back to life. And so I think for us to understand what Jesus was really saying here, we need to put it into the context of the story of Lazarus. And it starts in John 11, verse 1, when it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. You can understand Lazarus was a really good friend of Jesus. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And so in verse 3 it says, So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. We're going to find out that he wasn't just sick, but he was actually dying, and that he actually does die. I don't know about you, but here's Mary and Martha sending a message to Jesus, because all of a sudden, in the midst of a good life, they're having a bad day. Have you ever had that, where things seem to be going really, really well, and then in the middle of things that are going really, really well, all of a sudden you have a bad day? or you have a bad week, or you have a bad something. It feels like things are out of control. And so you send message like these guys did to Jesus saying, hey, your friend Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. In other words, he's saying, come, I've seen you heal all these other people. Would you get on your donkey and get over here as fast as possible so that, we can, so that he doesn't die, but that he lives? We need Jesus, the healer, to come. That's the news that they're sending to him. And in verse 4, it goes on, it says, When he heard this, that's Jesus, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. The thing that you don't want to happen is the very thing that is going to happen, and it's going to bring glory to God and himself. So often we go through difficult times or difficult seasons or we go through difficulties and we go, God, why are you doing this to me? And I think we've got to, we've got to have a shift in mindset and go, okay, God, what glory do you want to receive from this? What is the glory that you want to receive from this? Because for you to experience resurrection power, there has to be a death. Are you with me? Everybody wants God to do miracles, but it means you have to be in a position that requires one. Hello? And when we get into a position that requires one because we've been praying for one, we tend to complain about the position we're in instead of going, hold on, I think I prayed that you'd do miracles in my life, so what is the glory that you're going to receive out of this? And if we focus on the glory that God receives in the situation and the circumstance, doesn't overwhelm us, but actually it motivates us to see God's glory revealed to all of those around us. And basically, everyone's saying, you know, Jesus, can you come back and help? Can you get over here and help? Because Lazarus is dying. And what does Jesus do? His friend, Lazarus, the one he loves, is dying. He gets word that he's dying, asking him to come. And what does Jesus do? Well, let me give you a synopsis of the next few verses. Basically, what Jesus does is nothing. He decides to just hang out with his boys for a couple of days. He's not in a rush to get over to Lazarus. He's just heard that Lazarus is sick and dying. And he goes, oh, this won't end in death. This is for the glory of God. We'll just hang out here for a couple more days. I'm not in a rush. 
Could you imagine if you rang me and said, hey, look, um, my, my husband's just been rushed to the hospital. He's had a major heart attack. And, and, and like, it's, it's like touch and go. Could you come and pray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there in a couple of days. You would not like me very much. There would be things said about me that you don't like me. But this is literally what Jesus said. They're freaking out and Jesus is just hanging out. It's just like, whoa, what's up, lads? Let's go to the beach. I heard, the, <clears throat> I heard there's a three-foot swell. Let's go. <coughs> Two days later, he says to his disciples, hey, let's, let's go back to Judah. Let's go back to Judah. Lazarus has fallen asleep, and we need to go and wake him up. He, he's asleep. We've got to go wake him up. How many people know that? Death is not sleeping, it's like you're dead. You know, it doesn't matter whether you set your hour back, your clock back an hour, you're still dead. He wasn't saying that Lazarus was tired or taking a nap. It's a metaphor for Jesus. He's saying he's dead. He's not sleeping, but he's, he's dead. Thanks, babe. You're the best. He's saying he's dead and we've got to go wake him up. We've got to raise him from the dead. And I think as the story of Lazarus continues, I think there are three things that we see that is dead in the people in the story that I think are three things that can die in us. And on this Sunday, as we talk about the victorious Christ, as we talk about I am the resurrection and the life, I believe that God wants to bring resurrection to some of these dead areas in our lives. And as we go through the story, there's three areas where death comes to our lives. The first area is we can get dead in our doubts. You see, when Jesus said that they're going to Judea and they're going to go back there, Thomas, doubting Thomas, they used to call him, then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. In other words, Thomas' interpretation of what Jesus said is that we're going to go to Judea and we're going to die too. It's like... You're not really selling it as a destination for me. It's like, I don't care how cheap it is to stay at the five-star Hilton at Chernobyl. I'm not going. It's not a good deal. Yes, could be a good honeymoon location. Cheap. You guys are just dead today. I'm punching out some good jokes here, and I'm just not getting it back. That's right. I'll survive. But Thomas is saying here, hey, um, this is, he's basically saying to the guys, let's go with him, but this is not going to end well for us. This is not going to go well. This is not going to be a good thing. You know, we have to go because he's our rabbi and we're following him. We're his disciples, but this is not going to go well. Let us go that we might also die. And if we're honest, most of us have had spiritual doubts at some point in our lives where we're following Jesus, but we don't believe he's going to come through for us. We're like Thomas, we're hanging out with him, we're a disciple, we're a follower of Christ, but we actually don't really believe that God's going to come through for us. I've had plenty of moments like that in my life where I've doubted that God can actually do the things that he says he's going to do, because when I look at the circumstances and I look in the situations, to me, there's no hope in any of that, because I'm looking at it about what I can do rather than what he can do, and Thomas in this moment has absolute doubts, he goes, oh, Oh, well, let's go to Judea with him. We're probably going to die. 
He was dead in his doubts. We can get dead in, his, in our doubts. And here's the thing. You don't have to worry about that. God's not afraid of your doubts. God's not concerned about your doubts. God can still love you in the middle of your doubts. But we've all had that time where we've uh, point of time where we've prayed some prayer and believed that God could come through for us. And, and, and we thought he would, and we knew he could, but then all of a sudden we're bombarded with these doubts, like, why didn't he do this? Why didn't God do what he said he's going to do? How come he hasn't come through for me? I, read it, I even quoted scripture 10 times that day, like, why hasn't God come through for me? You believe God for something, but something really bad happened to somebody that you loved instead. And you thought, well, if God is good, then, then why did he let this happen? If God is a good God, then why did this happen? If God loves me, why would he do this to me? If he's all powerful, why didn't he stop it? We can get dead in our doubts because life throws things at us and we start to look at our circumstances, our situations, and we're like, I just don't believe that God can do that. Or why would God do that? And suddenly we're just like Thomas, where there's something on the inside of us that's a little bit dead in our doubts that God can come through. The second place I believe that we can die in is we can die in discouragement. I think if you're not dead in your doubts, you can be dead in discouragement because you just don't see anything good happening. You know, someone like me gets up and says, God can come through for you and God can change the circumstances and the situations and you're looking at them and you're going, um, no, God can't change this. This is a lost cause. You just don't seem to be able to ever get a break. Have you ever had that where you feel like you're really making progress in your walk with God, but it feels like you're making three steps forward and five steps back? You ever felt like that in your finances where you, you, you've been going really well and then all of a sudden the car breaks down, the fridge dies, the washing machine, and you're just like, what the is going on here? Martha had the, Mary had the same problem. In John eleven twenty, it says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. You see, what was the custom of the day in those days is when somebody came to your house, you wouldn't wait for them to knock on the door. You would go out and you would greet them and then you would bring them in. It was a, it was a way of honoring them as you, as you brought them in. But Martha went out to greet Jesus. Martha saw Jesus coming from a distance and and, and ran to him, but Mary just stayed home. Mary kind of was like, well, what's the point? What's the point of rushing out to him? Why bother? Lazarus is dead. The time has passed. Like if you were here earlier, I would have run out to greet you, but there's no point in doing that now. There's nothing that you can do about it. And so we start to think about some situations in our lives and we start to think, I can't change anything. I'm always going to be alone. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be stuck in this job that I hate. I'm just, I'm just kind of stuck here in life. I'm just discouraged. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to shift. Some of us, we put Christian language to it, and people say things like, how are you doing? And you go, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. Doesn't mean anything. You're just trying to avoid the fact that you're discouraged. Glory to God, he's risen. And you're smiling on the outside, but on the inside, 
you're just, you're just really discouraged. You're just dead in discouragement because God just doesn't seem to be doing what he should be doing. Some of us are dead in our doubts. Some of us are dead in our discouragement. And I think a place where most of us get to at some stage in our lives is we get dead in the delay. We've prayed. We've asked God. Nothing seems to be happening. Martha was dead in her delay. Jesus took too long to get there. Jesus should have come earlier, but he didn't. Why did he take so long? We see this in John eleven seventeen and 21. It says, on his, arri- uh, his, arri- uh, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, if you had turned up, if you didn't muck around for two days with your boys, if we had been a priority to you, if you had been here, he wouldn't be dead. It's not like she didn't believe that God could heal him. She did. But she's like, if you had done, if you had come when I told you to come, God, if you answered that prayer when I prayed it, if you had done what I asked you to do, then this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. If you had come like you promised, I thought you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Come on, I don't see you turning up. You, you see that you're not deaf, that you cannot hear and your arms are not short, that you cannot reach, but I don't feel you've heard my prayers. I don't feel like you've reached into my world. Where have you been? It's too late. You're turning up now. He's been dead four days. What are you going to do now? And what you need to understand is in the Jewish custom, four days was like you're dead, dead. This is not a spiritual thing. This is like a, a, a thing that they believed. It was a, it was a folklore that the, that the Jewish people believed that, that it was on the fourth day that your spirit departed the body and went to heaven. So for three days while you're in the ground, you're still kind of hanging out there and there's an opportunity for you to come back to life. But on the fourth day, you're not just dead, you're like dead, dead. You're so dead, it's, it's beyond dead. You're dead, dead. Personally, my opinion is, if you've been dead two days, you're dead, dead. But this is what they believed. <laughs> he was dead and then some. And she says to him, If you had been here, he would not have died. Oh, doesn't that sound like a bit of a blame shift? It's your fault. If you you did what you said you were going to do, then this wouldn't happen. It's your fault. I can tell you when I was 16 years of age, I went through something, and I've been brought up in church. My parents were pastors, and I went through something at 16 years of age where I felt like, God just didn't even turn up. He wasn't delayed. He just didn't even turn up at all. And I remember saying to him in my bedroom, it's not my fault, it's your fault. Because if you had done what I asked you to do, this wouldn't have happened. How often have we done that with God? It's your fault. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You took too long. Why didn't you do this earlier? Why don't you come and do something about this when I asked you to? You feel dead in your delay. 
You're waiting on some answered prayer, some result for God to do something, and it feels like he's doing nothing. And what's worse is everybody else's prayers are getting answered. Everybody else is talking about how great God is and how amazing he is. I can remember at one stage we were going through a really difficult time with Trinity with her Crohn's disease and it was really, really bad. And and there was another lady in the church who who got bowel cancer and and there was an altar call for healing and people went up and Trinity went up for about the 50th time and got prayed for. And and then the next Sunday comes around and and nothing had changed for Trinity. And so we're just like, you know what, we're just going to believe you, God. I remember this, this woman gets up to share a testimony. I went to the doctors this week and they did a scan and there's no cancer in my body. God has completely healed me. And everyone's going, woo! And I'm going, no, that's not fair. And what made it worse is three weeks later, she walked away from God and completely walked away from church and went and lived however she wanted. And I remember saying to God, that ain't fair. We've been faithful to you. Why? Why are you answering everybody else's prayers, but you're not answering my prayers? Pray and you pray and you pray and it feels like God is doing nothing. Can you feel dead and your delay, and you've probably heard this before, but I say it again, God's delays are never his denials. The bigger thing that God has for you, the longer the wait. Even Jesus had to wait 30 years before he stepped into everything that God had called him to do. Moses waited 40 years before he was a deliverer of Israel. David waited 40 years before he became king of Israel. There's always a delay in God. Our problem is, is we live an instantaneous society and we want everything now. But God's all about preparing us for the great things that he has for us. And his delays are not denials, they're just delays. And if you feel like you're stuck in a delay... Don't begrudge it. Say, okay, God, what are you doing in this? In fact, Isaiah 49 verse 2 says that he has, he has got me and he got all the knots out of me and he's turned me into this beautiful arrow. And then it says that he hid me in his quiver. Sometimes God pulls you out and he prepares you and he gets you all ready. And then you go in the quiver and you're like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's like, yeah, in time, in time, in time. And we get stuck in our delay We get stuck in our delay. We get discouraged. We start to have doubts. Just because God hasn't done anything yet doesn't mean that God is not still in charge. Just because God hasn't done what you had planned to do doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan. Remember, in everything that happens in your world, God does it for a purpose and a reason, and it's for him to get the glory for the great things that he has done. What every single one of us need, if we did in our doubts, if we did in our discouragement, if we did in the delays, what every single one of us needs is a verse 22 moment. A verse 22 moment will change your life. Having this verse 22 moment mindset or or faith or heart or attitude will change your world. In John 11.22, Martha says this, but I know that even now, in other words, if you were here, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you didn't delay, if you got here when we asked you to get here, he wouldn't have died. But then her next response is, but even now, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. 
You could have got here in the time that we asked you to and it would have been easier. He wouldn't have been dead, dead. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. What a great attitude to have that in in the midst of a disastrous situation, in the midst of my whole entire world falling apart, and even though, God, you didn't come when I asked you to, even though I feel discouraged about that, even though I got doubts in there, something on the inside of me, a little bit of faith on the inside of me understands that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, that you are the Messiah, that you are the resurrection. And even now, even though you didn't do it in my time, even though you didn't do it how I wanted it, done. Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask for. I know we're not lost. I know it's not the end yet because I know that you can still do this. Even now, even now, you can do whatever God asks you to do. Even now, when you are discouraged, the presence of God can come in and build your faith. Even now, when you feel alone, like there's no one there, the presence of the Holy Spirit can come and give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Even now, our God can reach into your broken family and bring healing and harmony and forgiveness and restoration. Even now, even when Things look impossible. We serve a God who's nothing is impossible for Him. Even now when there's something that is dead, the resurrection power of Christ can bring it back to life. Even now. Story goes on in verse 23 and it says this, Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. So Martha's trying to be positive. I know that he'll rise again on the last day when you come back and and the dead rise to be with you. I I know he'll come back. I know there's hope. I I know I'll see him again one day. And Jesus said to her, I am resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I want you to hear this if you hear nothing else this morning. He says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He does not say, I am able to resurrect. He says, I am the resurrection. And anyone who believes in me will not die, but they will live. What he's trying to say is, resurrection isn't something I do. Resurrection is who I am. Resurrection is not a moment. Resurrection is a person. And his name is Jesus. And when the Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides in you, it's not some secret power locked away somewhere. It is the I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is not something. Resurrection is a person and his name is Jesus. And dead things can't stay dead when the resurrection walks into the room. Everywhere that Jesus walks into our lives, dead things can't stay 
they did. Because resurrection isn't something He does. Resurrection is who He is. So when He walks into your doubts, resurrection comes. When He walks into your discouragement, resurrection comes. When He's invited into the delay, resurrection comes. It doesn't stay dead. Nothing can stay dead when Jesus is in the room. And we see that time and time again with the dead boy laid on the, on the bed and Elijah comes in, a representation of Jesus in the Old Testament. And he lies on top and the boy comes back to life. Jesus is not, he doesn't do resurrection. He is resurrection. He didn't just rise from the dead. He is the resurrection of the dead. It's what he does. It's who he is. He can't help himself. He doesn't do healing. He is healing. He doesn't do saving. He is saviour. He doesn't do lordship. He is lord. He doesn't do kingship. He is the king. He doesn't do providing. He is the provider. Come on. He, that's what he is. It's who he is. He's not something. He doesn't do stuff. God is not doing love. God is love. He's the resurrection. And this Easter, Jesus looks at the tomb where Lazarus is and he says to the disciples, he says, take away the stone. Listen to what it says. It says this, when he had said this, in verse 43, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Huh. He calls Lazarus out, but he's still covered in grave clothes. Do you know that you can be alive but still feel dead? You can be alive in God but still have the stench of death around you. Lazarus was alive, but he still had grave clothes. God can come to your life today, and he can bring resurrection power. But if we don't have people around us that love us that can take the grave clothes off, you'll be alive, but you'll still feel dead on the inside. You'll be a spiritual zombie. Alive, but still covered in death. You've lost your faith, you've lost your hope, you're dead in the delay, you're discouraged, you've got doubts. If you're trapped in a tomb and you feel like you don't have the strength to roll away the stone today, well, I want you to remember something. You don't need to roll away the stone because Jesus already did. Jesus rolled away the stone for you. And the same voice that caused Lazarus to come out is telling you and I, come out. Come out of that tomb. Come out of those doubts. Come out of that discouragement. Come out of that delay. Your sins can be forgiven, not because you are good, but because he is good. You can be set free, not because you're strong, but because he is strong. You can feel his presence, not because you deserve it, but because he's that good. He's that awesome. He's that amazing. Remember, resurrection is not something he does. Resurrection is who he is. And Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And he suffered brutal, brutally on the cross at the hands of his very own creation. And he looked up to heaven and he said to Father, God, he said, I, 
You sent me to do this. This is why I came, and now it is finished. I commit my spirit into your hands. And the Bible says that in that moment, the earth went dark and shook, and everyone who had hoped that maybe he was the Messiah fell into despair and into darkness because the one that we thought was going to save us is now gone. They didn't realize that God would be glorified through Jesus' death as Jesus was raised from the dead. And I want you to understand something. When you're stuck in the middle of something, when you're stuck in your doubts, you're stuck in your discouragement, you're stuck in the delay, you too can be like them. We can all be like them where we think, hold on, I thought that your glory was going to be on this. I thought you were going to save us from this. And sometimes we don't understand that it requires a death for there to be a resurrection, the very thing that you're asking him to do, to move in the miraculous, to move in resurrection power in your life, requires a death to take place so that resurrection can walk into the room. And this Easter, as Maddie comes, this Easter, Jesus is saying to you, I am the resurrection, and the life. The tomb is empty. I have risen, and the resurrection changed everything. Whoever believes in me will not die, because I am resurrection. And when resurrection touches dead things, dead things come back to life. I don't know about you, but as I prayed about this message this week. I, I identified a bunch of things in my life that are, that are dead. Things that I used to believe God for, but have just given up, really, if I'm honest with you. Just go, oh, well, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Hey, this is one of the worst sayings we have as Christians. It is what it is. It is what it is. I, I don't need things to stay dead in my life. I have the resurrection in my life. I don't need things to stay broken in my life. I've got the resurrection in my life. We need to let the resurrection loose in our lives. You didn't die on the cross just so that you could be forgiven of your sins, but he rose again so that you could have resurrection power in every area of your life that feels dead. Every situation which you go into which seems hopeless and requires a miracle, the resurrection is with you. I never leave you nor forsake you. Where you go, the resurrection goes with you. You can walk into broken and damaged and destroyed relationships and take the resurrection with you. The resurrection is in the room. It's not what he does, it's who he is. We need to let him be the resurrection and the life. Why don't you all close your eyes just for a moment? I want to ask you a question today. Do you want the resurrection to walk into your life? Do you want the resurrection to walk into those dead areas, those areas which you've just given up hope over? Maybe you heard the word cancer at a doctor's appointment 
And you know that Jesus can heal, but in your head you're just like, this is it, this is the end. No, no, no. When resurrection walks in the room, dead things come back to life. Dead cells rejuvenate. Or maybe you're like, man, I just don't know what to do in my marriage. I actually feel like the best thing we could do is just divorce and separate. No, no, no. If resurrection walks into your marriage, the marriage comes back alive again. I, I got unsaved kids and, and they're not following Christ and I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what you do. You let resurrection walk into the room and bring the dead back to life. You see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And there could be areas in your life or you may not even know Christ. You've never given your life to Him. Or maybe you've, you, you know that you've kind of walked away from Him. I want, I want to give you an opportunity in a moment where you can say yes to the resurrection. That you can say yes to Jesus to come and take away your sin and allow you to come alive again. And He wants to do that today. And so if you're in this room and you've never given your life to Christ, you've, you've never heard about this God that brings dead things back to life. You, you always thought that God was this God that just judges you for the stuff that you've done wrong. No, no, no. No, no. That's why He sent Jesus to pay the price for our wrong. It's just what He died on the cross for, but He rose again so that you could have resurrection life. He didn't just pay for your sin, but He gave you life. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Him or you have walked away from Him, friend, I want to tell you, He wants to walk into your life and bring you back to life and bring you back to life and bring you back to life. So when no one's looking around, I'm just going to ask you in a moment that if you want to give your life to Christ today or you want to recommit yourself to Jesus today, to the resurrection, I'm going to ask you very shortly to put your hand up and when I see it, I'll ask you to put it down and that's all I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to walk out the front here. I'm not going to ask you to do anything like that other than ask you to fill out the Live Connected card on the seat pocket in front of you so that we can maybe get someone to walk alongside you on this journey. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I need to give my life to Christ, or I need to recommit again. I need the resurrection to come and make my life alive again. If that's you, while no one's looking around, if you just lift your hand right now, and as, as soon as I see it, I'll ask you to put it down. Is there anybody like that today? You can just lift your hand right now this moment. Thank you. You can put it down. Is there anybody else? Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. You can put it down. Is there anybody else today that needs to do that? Awesome. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for those that lifted their hand. And if you lifted your hand, I'd love you to fill out the Live Connected card and just drop it into a, a drop box so we can get someone, if you want, someone that can walk alongside with you on this journey as you pursue the resurrection. But the rest of us, we're all going to pray for these guys. They lifted their hand. And if you lifted your hand, I just want you to ask in this prayer time, as I'm praying for you, just ask God to come and be the Lord of your life. Just ask Him to forgive you of your sin and come in and be Lord of your life. That's all you need to do. But the rest of us, we're going to be praying, yes? Yes? Awesome. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank You right now for those decisions this morning. Father, I pray, God, that the decision would be a permanent pursuit of You. God, that You would give them the courage to change some of the things in their lives that they need to change so that they can pursue after You. But I pray right now that the resurrection would come into their lives right now and bring the dead things back to life. That as I ask You for forgiveness, that You would remove their sin as far as the east is from the west 
this, and that they'll feel right now a liquid love come into their lives, that they'll feel forgiven, they'll feel the grace, the mercy, and the goodness of God upon them, and they'll be able to walk out here knowing I'm different, I'm changed, I'm now walking with the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really felt also, I know you probably want to have hot dogs, but I really felt while I was praying in my office this morning, I really want to pray for people that feel dead in your delay. That was a big one that I really felt. Just dead, God just hasn't come through for you like you hoped He would or that you wished you would or you thought He would. He just hasn't come through for you. Here's the thing. If you feel like you're dead in your delays, you're not alone. Every single person in this room, if they're honest with themselves, has felt this way at some stage in their walk. But I believe resurrection wants to walk into your delay. I believe resurrection wants to walk into your discouragement. I believe resurrection wants to walk into your doubts. And so I'm just going to get the musicians and singers to come right now. And I'm going to ask you, if you want prayer today, you can come up to either side of the pool here. And we want to pray for you that resurrection will walk into your life, that resurrection will walk into your doubts, that resurrection will walk into the discouragement, that resurrection will walk into that relationship, that resurrection will walk into your your career or into your job or into something that you would sense and feel the resurrection power of God in your world. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'd love it if someone could pray for me because I just, I'm just feeling discouraged. I just got some delay stuff. I just got some doubts and, and I would love the resurrection to walk into my room. Then as we sing, why don't you walk to the front and flick the lights off, guys, to give people some privacy. And we'll just let you walk to the front, and we're going to get some of the team here to come and pray for you. But if you're not walking to the front, then I want you to worship Him this morning. The resurrection, the resurrection, the resurrection. If that's you and you need prayer this morning, why don't you come? Come right up close, and we'll get the team to come. Why don't you come right now? If that's you, and you need you just need someone to pray that resurrection will come into your life. Come on. Come on. You can just come all the way forward. Don't hang back. Victory. Father, we pray this week. As we go through this week, as we lead towards Easter and the victory that you gave us on the cross. Father, I pray that resurrection will be released in every part of our lives that every single person in this room would experience the person, the resurrection and the life this week. And whatever area in their life that they need to, that they would walk into Easter knowing that the resurrection and the life lives and abides within them. And they're gonna see life come with every step. I really feel that for some of you right now. And with every step that you take this week, you're gonna start seeing the deadness drop off and the new life spring up. I can see shoots of green, Greenery coming through with areas that has been dead in your world. You know, this is what the Bible says too. It says, I'm making a way in the wasteland and streams in the desert. You see, so often we think that the dead areas of our lives are an area that's never going to recover. But God just is completely opposite to us. He goes, I'm not making a new way in front of you. I'm making a new way out of the dead things in your world. 
I'm putting streams in the desert. And the thing that you thought was dead to you is the very thing that I'm going to use to bring life to you. You've got to trust Him. He never wastes anything. There's no desert experience that you've had that God does not bring forth something beautiful out of. So as you step into this week, let the resurrection walk with you. Some of you, when you go into work tomorrow, you need to walk through that door. Maybe not say out loud in case your work colleagues think you're crazy. But some of you need to walk through that door and go, the resurrection's with me. The resurrection's with me. Some of you, as you go home to unsaved family members and you walk through the door of your house, the resurrection's with me. The resurrection's with me. The resurrection isn't something He does, it's who He is. I release Him into my family. I release Him into my workplace. I release Him into my body. I release Him into every dead situation. Come on. You walk with the resurrection. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to ask for it. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's with you. Resurrection is everywhere you go. The resurrection goes with you. Come on. Get that in your spirit. Your life will change.